0: A bigger picture podcast. You're listening to The Bigger Picture Podcast. My name is Zach. Today, we're joined with Atmarj. I came across you actually on, on uh, Instagram Reels mm. um, and you just had so much passion. So, what do you do?
1: <laughs> Thanks, Zach. Nice to meet you, man. Uh, good to have you. Like, good to meet you on this podcast as well. It's actually my very first one that I've ever done but I do a lot of things dude as you said my name's Altmarge I'm 22 years old um I've put together five years of coaching experience just recently and turned that all into helping people you know develop confidence in their work their life their relationships eliminating any sort of social anxiety that people might have so that's probably like the major highlight going on in my life at the moment but other than that I study medicine in South Australia as well Um, and in terms of medicine, I'm about to graduate as a doctor at the end of next year. So that's going to be pretty exciting soon as well. And, um, yeah, those, those combination of things have, have really allowed me to, you know, explore new mindsets, learn from a, a lot of new people and get new perspectives, both, you know, online like you and then in person as well. So yeah, that's how, (laughs) that's what things are happening at the moment for me. So you've, you've rallied off some of the things that you've been doing, but what are you like Hmm. really interested in? Dude, I can talk about interest for the entirety of this podcast. Look, but um, I try to, when when it comes to interest, I, I try to find like fun in everything I do. The people that are around me that I affiliate with, spend my time and energy with, know that my literally my entire life revolves around fun. Um, I find fun through a lot of things. <laughs> um, the biggest in my lives would probably be cricket, Formula One. Um, I'm a lot into sport and fitness. Recently, I've started playing badminton with the, uh, a lot of my mates as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, movies, talking to people. You know, these these things really excite me and get me going. Um, and just yeah, have really good adrenaline when I'm when I'm doing it. Uh. Other than that, though, I think when it, when you try and try and take this question on a deeper level, things that excite you and passion like make me passionate about my work, also creating content recently, just empowering a lot of people seeing people's lives being changed and people taking even like the slightest bit of value from from the the words that come out of my mouth that's that's been incredibly incredibly fun to do recently.
0: Well, how can you get those interests and use Mm. them into your content? Because I see, you know, you've done some formula one references. Mm. You've also done some (laughs) other references, uh, in your content. How do you sort of integrate that into your content?
1: Mm. I think integration is very easy to do, especially when you're really having fun and you're very passionate about something if you think about it, like, do you have any, uh, we can workshop this. Do you have any interest that you're like, you really just don't realize time gets passed by when you're doing it? Well,
0: I, I love, um, you know, um, uh, soccer. I love sport. Okay. In general. Yeah. Uh, so we've connected there already. Yeah. Um, um, big on crypto. I'm huge on some other, you know, money making, um, mm-hmm. opportunities.
1: So let, let's just take soccer. Cause that's the, I guess one of the, things that most people would be able to connect on very easily. If you take soccer and you understand the sport, understand why people play it, the skill set that, that is required behind soccer. It's very easy to integrate and like dissect soccer as a sport and then integrate things from a deeper level to what you're trying to, you know, send a message about to the people you build content around. So soccer is a lot about teamwork. You know, there's a lot of strategy that's involved. And then when you make content that's regarding like crypto or whatever you do for work even for building your podcast there's a lot of elements from soccer that you can easily take so what people do is they at least in my experience people try following their passion following their interest to a very superficial level they don't sit down and understand why they're actually interested and what really gives that dopamine release for them but once you're able to examine and deconstruct that entire sport or interest in a very um, yeah, deep level, you can find ways of building analogies, finding metaphors from your sport and then c- connecting that in your content. Um, in Formula One, for example, I really like, like the cars, and the corn, not, not sure, <laughs> <laughs> that the sport is all about, you know, getting microsecond, uh, millisecond rather, improvements in your time and efficiency. And that builds a lot of uh, builds a lot of value for me when it tries, when I try to speak about efficiency, for example, with like clients. So yeah, very easy to do if you understand your passion in a very deep level.
0: You spoke about dopamine, um, mm. talking about, you know, what what gets you excited. Um, when you're in situations at just say events like a bar or, you know, a mm. sporting club, how do you deal with Fit into those social dynamics.
1: Let's let's do an activity together, okay? So I want you to put your hands out for me. And I'm scared hands... right now. No, no, yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> nothing to nothing to be scared about. So with your hands, it's a very easy thing uh, activity, right? So we're gonna make a fist now, and then get your thumbs up like you're doing a yeah thumbs up thing, someone. And then when I say switch, I want you to take that thumb, put it down, then put your index finger out. All okay. Right so but the point of this is to do it really fast so we'll start off with that and then go switch 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 switch. oh my oh my (laughs) it it gets a bit fumbly like when you're trying to really build um, speed into this thing now the instruction that i gave you was a very simple one right it was just to make a simple switch but the synaptic you know uh the connection between like your mind and your i guess finger muscles as well in order to execute that command or instruction well I guess that comes down to mindset and training okay so a lot of the biggest sort of uh, obstacle I had to overcome or I get other people to really think about is mindset change so when you're going to these events when you're you know having a lot of stress or anxiety when you're trying to join a social club trying to be more present around other people is looking at it uh, the entire situation in terms of a mindset change. You're going in there from with three major reasons of why you're even feeling stressed or why you even have anxiety. And the three major reasons I usually talk about with my clients, first one comes from social confluence. Right? Social confluence is where you're really scared of an adverse outcome from happening, you know, accidentally saying something, embarrassing yourself that something can go very wrong. And yeah, you just your mindset is just stuck up between that command, that instruction just sticking in your brain and you're not able to move past that, right? So that's the first one. The second point, usually uh, people have difficulty getting over is self-limiting ideology. This is when you haven't done something new, you haven't gone to a new place before, you haven't gone to a new um, dinner place or a new bar, as you said, right? And you're apprehensive about it. Okay. And then the third thing is like a weak knowledge pillar or, or a weak skill pillar. This is when you don't like really know what you're talking about. You don't really feel like an expert when you're trying to connect to someone and you're not sure how to deliver a message just because you don't have the, the skill sets of how to hold a conversation with someone easily. Right. So because of these three, three things, one of these three things, what ends up happening is the effect. So we've looked at why things happen and now i want you to i want to take you to ha- like what ends up happening because of these three things so um i was doing my six weeks in psychiatry training or mm. in my placements and one of the doctors that i was working with explained this to a patient really well who had a very long sort of long-term um, situation where just get panicked easily had a long-term generalized anxiety disorder so the way you explained it to this patient was a fight or flight mode. Have you heard that before? No, I haven't. No, first time. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when you when you usually feel stressed or something, your body, you know, kind of just pumps back. Um, it, it's some, supposed to be evolutionary where you see a danger and you have two major responses of dealing with that danger. Um, in terms of like anxiety, feeling stressed, feel like the fight mode and the flight mm. mode exists in two separate categories. The first one is where you feel very sweaty, you know, you feel very panicky, your heartbeat goes up, your temperature goes up, everything, these symptoms are visibly, like visible to you and the people around you as well, right? You put yourself into that situation, you have the courage to go up to a restaurant, a new bar or something, Mm -hmm. hang out with new people, but these symptoms still prevail and they prevent you from doing the, you know, the, the task you've gone there to do to meet people or whatever it is the second category is the flight mode right the flight mode is when you try to avoid something just because it feels very overwhelming mm. just because i've invited you let's say you've come to adelaide <laughs> and we, we, you tell me we're going to go to a new restaurant and that just overwhelms me so much i might enter the flight mode where i'll try to avoid speaking with you i'll try to avoid not only that situation but any other similar situations that that are also connected with going out to a restaurant maybe you know eventually I'll, I'll stop speaking to you and we might lose a connection over that how
0: can people deal with things in that flight mode that you're talking about
1: yeah 100 so I, I go through a lot of methods um that, that work real time you know whilst you're experiencing these things And as equally important things you can do before and after that particular encounter as well. So some of the things you can do before or during this sort of time when you are feeling stressed is breathing. Honestly, you want to become so conscious of yourself. They're so conscious of the actions that you're doing, you know, the movements, the body language you have, the facial expressions you're doing, the way you breathe that this entire like podcast episode. With my expertise and you asking me questions can be literally summarized with the word breathing that's how important it is and that's been like the biggest game changer for me as well i've been able to you know go to company events where i'm speaking to so many people running huge workshops and i feel so overwhelmed like that's natural right but breathing just being more conscious of when how i'm using my diaphragm i think that's been the biggest brain like changer because you're so focused on that one easy skill that you forget everything else, everything else just dissipates, right? So next comes purpose. This is something you can also do before, like you're going to meet someone or, you know, you're trying to partake in an activity, going to work. And the thing with purpose is you want to know and become very familiar with the message that you're trying to deliver, why you're there, and making sure that message ends up getting delivered. Do you mind if I give you an example around this?
0: Yeah, no problem.
1: Yeah. So I came to Melbourne actually recently. You might have seen that on my story. And whilst I was in Melbourne, I got to see Jay Shetty, which is like a sort of person. This guy talks about relationship, love and all that. Um, Whilst I was seeing Jay Shetty, he was like in the Melbourne auditorium, like the big convention center in the mm. city. Yeah. yeah. And it's a huge place. And whilst he was talking, I, I was there with my mate and we we're just trying to ponder how this guy can speak to like, yeah thousands of people at once and how overwhelming it is but by the end of it we're we're trying to just just fathom how easy it is to do that like that considerably hard thing when you're just so excited about you know helping people find love helping people uh, better their relationships so that's where Jay Shetty sort of came in and helped me understand purpose a little bit better as well now I'm happy to talk about a few things you can do in the present as well
0: yeah definitely
1: Yeah, so I think in the present, uh, you can do a lot more prep work just because you're talking to someone, if you're going to go, you know, you're going to go to a party, you know, you're going to go to a meeting with a lot more unfamiliar faces, you can connect or, you know, try to build a bit of rapport with people even before you go. So, I mean, we haven't met before, like a few weeks, let's say. Yeah. And if you just immediately we jump on a Zoom call or we try to have this podcast episode together, that would be both, I guess, uh, stressful in a way for both me and you, right? Because we have new expectations of each other. We don't know what we're really doing. But it's important. it was important for you to connect with me first and me to also connect with you on, on Instagram, let's say, and then having this experience, right? So building the concept of familiar, familiarity is, is very important. Even when you're meeting someone, you can go to a party, just shake hands with as many people and then you you can talk with them. Don't necessarily, you need to engage in conversations with people in the, in the time. Right. Yeah. And that just relay relays on with the idea of listening more, honestly, Hmm. (laughs) this most counterintuitive statement I'm going to say in this entire thing, but confidence actually just comes from listening more. (laughs) You feel like you need to talk more to, you know, um, convey across your point uh, more effectively. But the most confident people that you're hanging around with, if you look, they're usually the most silent ones, the more, you know, nonchalant, have things, everything under control. So yeah, (laughs) try doing those things.
0: Uh, when you're in these social groups and, Mm. uh, you know, you're, it's very hard to build confidence and not many people, you know, you don't know many people and, you know, people might brush you off to the side right, and then your ego's down, um, you know, you don't feel, you know, uh, included in many things, mm-hmm. how would you, is there any, you know, specific things that you could look out for when, you know, experiencing these, um, these encounters?
1: Yeah, is that, uh immediately when you, when you sort of pictured this entire scenario, three main three or four main things just immediately popped into my head. The first one is interest. Okay. Um, I'll talk about it a bit more. The second would be energy. And then the third would be threading. So this is a simple framework anyone can use to um, be a lot more confident and yeah prevent being just dislodged from a social group, prevent uh, any sort of negative emotions or things coming in place. So interest comes and it is the first sort of part of the framework because if you're interested again, if you're passionate, if you have fun, uh, when you're about to do something that you have a portfolio of evidence from, you know, if I've loved watching Formula One by myself on TV, the next time I go to a race in person with, with someone, I'm I'm there's so much evidence that I will enjoy this activity because I've done so in, in the past, right? So but it it becomes a challenge this first point because people try to push themselves out than what they're usually interested in just to make other people feel better about themselves. Um, And because that energy, like, yeah, because that's getting mismatched between what you like versus what the other person likes. There's that that becomes hard to build a connection with them. Right. So the next thing is energy. Now to talk about energy, uh, like I've got this exact pen, actually. Hmm. Now this exact pen, I had to borrow from a, one of the nurses on my on my wards. It's not my pen, but I had to borrow because I lost my pen in the moment. But the reason I talk about this pen is <laughs> actually I actually had two pens. And just yesterday, someone asked me for a pen that they could borrow. So when when people say borrow, you know, I'm not getting my pen back. It's a weird, <laughs> Definitely. weird <laughs> way. Definitely. But the point is me taking this pen, someone else taking it from me, it all just ends up getting circled. Right, So the same is with energy. The more you put in, the more energetic you are in um, talking to other people, it comes back to you. So yeah, the takeaway point from that would be just to be as generous as possible with your energy. Some people might be lacking it and they'll take on the slightest bit of energy from you just being generous with it. Um, And that will lead to you being so much more present during conversations. Um, that people will actually be likely and more willing to listen to the things that you have to share with them, right? Mm. And the last thing is threading. Now, to explain threading to you, I'm going to put my pen down first, but to explain threading to you, we need to do an activity. You can ask me any question to me. You can ask me, like, let's say where I'm from. And then I'll give you two different responses. And then you can see which one is better when you're trying to, you know, be part of a social group be more present in a social group
0: yeah okay you ready
1: yeah let's go, let's go for it well you already know the question uh where yeah, are you okay. from i'm from adelaide
0: okay is that okay. it
1: right. yeah that's it and <laughs> okay. then you try asking that again and then i'll give you a little bit more different okay. of a response uh where are you from i'm from adelaide i love the small sort of city vibe that it has. I like to do things, you know, quietly gives me a sense of individuality and yeah, I've grown up my entire life here. There was more meat on the bone there. Right. So even you can ask me, follow up or give me follow up responses. It's I've made your job easier, right? In doing that in that Mm. second response, but people don't think about this consciously when they're trying to have a conversation with other people and you might have seen like this happens a lot over text messages where the conversation ends up being dead in a way because the other person isn't replying to you as as sort of energet- energetically as you are but maybe that could be your fault you know maybe you haven't provided them enough premise to go after to chase mm.
0: um so when you're in these you know out outside settings you know mm. people go straight to alcohol Alcohol mm. is like a mechanism where you have it and, you know, it's cool and you can just let your guard down. You know, sure. you can be yourself when you have alcohol. Do mm. you really need alcohol to be, you know, happy at a, at these
1: events? No. <laughs> That's a short answer. Um, look, I don't drink at all, right? And people, I've gotten comments uh, in the past where I have an event for uni or something going on where I actually am more you know, confident in my own self than people who are actually not sober. So yeah. in terms of alcohol, I think it, it's a very, obviously, as you said, a very temporary form of dopamine where you're able to become a complete different version of yourself. But the way I look at alcohol is like the, I guess, the post sort of aftermath of that. If you know you can't sustain that persona that alcohol gives you in the long term in the past after that party is finished then it actually puts you at a more like greater disadvantage because now you've set your expectation here people expect you to be as confident you know people expect you to be a very extroverted person and the next day you've turned up to the office you've turned up at uni in your your group Your, your co-workers are there your classmates are there Isn't it more detrimental if you can't actually live up to those expectations? And now you've entered more of that, like, either fight or flight response that we've talked about earlier.
0: Obviously, when there's things involved uh, out um, at clubs, out at pubs, um, friendships obviously depart, Mm. the departure of friendships. Mm -hmm. Have you ever, you know, been in those situations and how can people sort of have that conversation with people and make it normalized.
1: Yeah. Oh, this this has happened uh, a lot of times, and more recently, as as I've become more comfortable with actually, you know, ending friendships or just saying no no to people when when it's necessary. Um. And I this sort of opened my eyes when I was uh, hearing Kevin from like Shark Tank. You know the board guy from O'Leary yeah Kevin O'Leary uh, always wears the red tie and stuff but uh he was doing this conference and someone was uh asking him a question during Q a where this person he's created like an entire business um from the age of 16 you know gone in his like mum's basement to work an online business classic story right mm-hmm. um they're they're about to go public and start you know actually having in um, stock tradings and whatnot for his entire company but his dilemma was that he's also in an engagement like he's just uh, he's been dating this woman for a year uh, or something like that and he's uh, they've they've started uh, going into the next chapter of their life and they've become engaged the problem is it's very hard to sustain both things with the business and the and his fiance because the fiance just has different expectations of of this person i know they've been dating for a while it's probably more than a year but yeah but it's becoming very hard to do do what they need to uh for his business so he asks kevin a question saying look what do i do in this scenario I, like i've got this massive two important things going on and kevin just gives a very easy like reply and the crowd just <laughs> goes into a shock like like how easy it is to make a decision yes the business has gone you know Kevin sort of looks at it as a point of view of what's easier to replace. Is it easier to replace the 10 year business that you've created? You put your life into, you're so passionate and uh, about influencing other people in the world or a, a fiance that you've just gotten and you've just been dating. Like what's more important to you, right? And then at that point you can see on his face, like the business was just his entire life. I've, I've told you this story because it answers your question through the idea of compromise so i've had to end friendships not because they're a bad person but i don't want to compromise me being in the wrong network i don't want to be uh, compromise my uh, energy being drained into people who either don't celebrate my wins don't you know help me uh, get through tough times together and their idea of fun was just completely different to to i am uh, to who I, like to what i do right yeah, yeah so that was why it was necessary having that conversation is easier than you think it's all about respect even when you're trying to end things with people uh and you know what people will usually do which is the bad thing people like if, if i don't if me and you don't want to be friends anymore i'll just ghost you yeah right right people it's, people it's do that this. cold it's that cold it's that cold right people will just ghost you but i don't think that's the right approach ghosting still you might have you know at the back of your mind some some expectation of me still of of what to do in the future but if you actually sit down with the person and explain to them look this is happening and you're communicative of the fact that your idea of fun doesn't really match up with mine anymore right it's actually more detrimental it, sorry it's more valuable for the other person to realize that to continue doing their fun they should actually seek out a different friend rather than waiting for you And that's what the ghosting option doesn't really provide. So they can also move on, and then you can also move on together. I think that's the most respectful, easy way to have that conversation.
0: I think I think that's um more powerful, but then it's also more scary as well. It is. So so the next question that I want to ask is with other people's expectations of you. You know, Mm. you're in a relationship, you're in a friendship, right? But how can you match someone else's expectations, but then also know your expectations as well?
1: Yeah. So uh, this is this is a point of, you know, contention amongst our daily lives, whether that be at uni in our personal um, relationships with friends or family, even right dealing. I think this entire solution comes from like comes from within and then you expand into like uh, more external layers as you go on. Um, Figuring out your own expectations is really important, especially again, not to compromise things more than you need to. Um, Of course, you know, if my friend's really passionate about, let's say me and you, like you might not give a shit about Formula One. Oh, no, I love it. Don't worry. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. Hypothetically, if you hated it and I really wanted to go to an event and like, we're really good mates, you'd be okay with compromising that just for this event. If I repeatedly expect you to also come to these sort of events, then like that's, that's a no-go, right? So I think expectations come down a lot with communication. People find it so scary to have that, that conversation with others that they would rather wait for something bad or something to go horribly wrong between the relationship rather than to be communicative of it upfront. Mm. so the way i deal with my own expectations is um i mean like i i like doing anything and i try to think of the worst outcome possible this is my first podcast like maybe i've done this podcast like horribly wrong but what's the worst that can happen? Like maybe you don't invite <laughs> invite me to to another episode in the future or something. Right. Or if you take this example into more like more you know legitimate cases, if you go to a meeting or if you're in uni, you do something really bad. What's the worst thing you can do? Like you get a very bad grade. Okay, sure. But like you can you know, make up for it by studying harder for the next thing. Be more prepared. If you're going to a mate's party um, and you've been asked to give a speech, Maybe, like, you give a very bad speech and the people at the party think of you as a bad friend. But you still know you have a legitimate connection with your best friend that you've just, just given a speech for, right? So, uh, have you seen Spider-Man, like, No Way Home, the most recent No, I haven't. I no, haven't. Oh, okay. But, like, <laughs> I won't ruin it to you. But Zendaya says, like, a lot of uh, this, this quote about, you know, disappointment and um, ex- expectations as well. So you can really do anything you want. And you actually found me from one of my reels where I was trying to demonstrate that, right? I where, I, where I was in Melbourne. I was at Random Bridge and I just started, shouted Sue in front of like 100 people. But like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, they're not going to arrest me for like, you know, I'm not going to get in trouble for doing that simple thing. So dealing with other people's expectations as well comes from communication and knowing that things can't, like, go ultimately wrong. There's no such thing as bad news.
0: Um, I think a lot of people in my shoes, especially for teenagers, mm. that haven't really got far in life and they overthink the worst thing. And it might not be, you know, a bad thing that they're overthinking the worst. But can you sort of give them some value um, how to sort of deal with these
1: stresses in life? Yeah, hundred percent. So when it comes to overthinking, <laughs> that's usually the lead cause of problems, but it comes back to, I want, I want to take you to a previous phrase that I've, I've, I've mentioned, um, at the beginning of our conversation was a portfolio of evidence, right? If you overthink, I actually encourage people to overthink, like, if you're going to do it, do it really well. Okay. If you're going to overthink, take it to the extreme take things to yeah like you wouldn't even imagine like the rarest case scenarios do that because what that will end up uh setting you up for is realization realization that okay i'm actually taking things to the extreme but maybe the worst possible pragmatic things are only stopping at about 30 of of what i consider extreme Mm. what that ends up helping you to do is build a portfolio of evidence saying, oh, maybe like, I don't need to uh, go this extreme. I don't need to overthink this much. And your definition of, you know, something going wrong or what is considered extreme or an embarrassing moment that you, you slowly become accustomed to better outcomes. You expect better. You start to become more optimistic. And just because you've got a portfolio of evidence now that things actually do work things that are actually in your control as you want them to be. Wow, I mean, the, <laughs> the, 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 that was great. I, I felt it, so yeah. good,
0: I felt so empowered. That was like some David Goggins stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, going on this sort of path towards hmm. you know helping out teenagers, not stressing about life. Um, just say you know, someone's got huge goals that they want to accomplish. Um, how can they sort of push towards those goals, even if they've got those stresses, um, nervousness uh, to care about what people think? Um, Have you got any sort of um, tips and tricks to sort of help these people overcome those fears?
1: Yeah, I've got heaps of tips and tricks. that you can do in, like, the most minute sort of scenarios of your life. Um, The first one would be to overcome the fear of rejection. Mm. I think that's the easiest one to get started with. And it starts with the most simplest interactions you have with other people, right? Um, If you take public transport to the bus, like on a bus, you can speak to the person next to you. And what's like the worst thing that can happen is they tell you to shut the F up, you know, like, but then after that 30 minute, after you get off the bus, like, nor you or that person is going to think of that conversation any anymore any right if you go to uh, if you go to a restaurant if you, uh, I, I like <laughs> i did this activity through subway um where you know i've never paid for a toasty subway toasty in my life how <laughs> <laughs> um, so anytime i go to the subway i get a foot long but then i also get like a toasty along the side of it and then the point is um By the end of, you know, you go through the Subway experience and then when you're just about to pay, you just ask them, can I, do you mind if I have the Toasty for free? Like just ask for a discount or something at the end. And people in Subway, like, like usually most people don't get paid enough to care. Like they do, they'll just give you for free, right? And you know, if things go horribly wrong, you end up paying for it and that will cost you like $2 more, right? Mm -hmm. It's that thing of overcoming fear, overcoming the fear of rejection, that things will go wrong. So this is the first step people should do. And then the second thing is something I've already spoken about before, learn how to do conversational threading. This is actually something I learned from one of my mentors that one of the profiles, public profiles that I look up to. And you may have seen me talk about on my profile. This is Vin Jiang, the guy does a lot of communication tips. Um, He's a keynote presenter and all that but i learned this conversational threading thing through him if you learn how to do that better you can get so many opportunities in life i used to do i used to train people um, doing medical interviews and when you're doing a medical interview with me (laughs) right let's say i'm the interviewee and you're interviewing me right so that's the context I will give my responses in a way that I get to choose what questions you get to ask me. That's how good you can do conversational threading. Yeah, like if, if you ask me a question like, uh, why do you want to do medicine, for example? I'll give you a very nice story and then I'll end my response by saying, oh, um, and this is something that I learned about medicine through my work experience. What do you think the next question will be? Tell me about your work experience, right? So in doing so, you get to choose what the next sort of questions is. You get to di- dictate and direct where the flow of conversation is going. So those two skills is going to take you really big places in life, <laughs> I think, at least. Yeah, definitely. All right, the third one. Ah, uh, the third one is is going to be a little bit tricky and and hard for people to develop. Um, and that's what we're going to be to be able to listen better. A lot of the opportunities that people get is because people feel people feel like they're not giving value to other people. Right? It's a bit counterintuitive in this podcast episode because I guess you're asking me questions and I'm the one talking. But to be able to listen well isn't just it isn't just based on like hearing. There's a difference between hearing and listening. And then there's even a greater difference between hearing, listening, and then understanding slash providing value back, mm. which is where I want to take this third bit, um, third, I guess, uh, step for people to improve on. Um, and to help you understand that better, I want to ask you, have you liked some, like one of your mates' reels or one of their videos or photos recently on Instagram?
0: Um, I don't do it often but Mm. the ones that i'm really close with i help them out okay right
1: uh okay so that 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 sort of goes where i wanted to take that and i do that as well you know i have a lot of people who either just post just photos of themselves doing activities not just like people in the content sort of creation space but anyone in general there's a difference between liking someone's uh, Real, let's say I'll talk about reels because this is something you can actually notice yourself the next time you post a reel on or a YouTube short or something there's a difference between people liking your reels just because they're friends with you and they want to you know help engagement which is the first level of support then there's a difference between people commenting on it you know saying oh this was great learned lots from it then which is like the ultimate level Mm-hmm. And only a few people do it on my sort of uh, content, but it provide you have to provide value back to the person as well, right? So this is where you comment saying, "Oh, look, love the things that you spoke about in this video." You ask me a question back to get clarification on something. You ask me, um, or you even in- give your own personal input on something I've spoken about in the video, right? That shows me. That you're actually attentive, you're engaged, you've listened and understood to the things I've said. Now it's easy to do that digitally, right? You just put a comment on there and then sort of take that route. But imagine you can have that superpower in real life, in 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 conversations as well. I think that's so opportunities that I wouldn't have normally, um, because people are people see that I'm actually invested back into them. I'm giving my, you know, I'm being generous with my energy back towards them. And then that sort of symbiotic relationship just takes both of us and helps us grow in, I guess, financial, personal, professional ways that I wouldn't have ever imagined.
0: Okay, so, you know, we've talked about, you know, content creation, we've talked about, you know, helping stress, we've been talking about all these different topics but I want to take things into Mm. account for you because, you know, you've got a resume, you're doing some study at the moment, you know, you're doing, you're doing really well with all your stuff. Um, thank you with, with medicine and working in medicine, um, sort of give me a bit of a rundown of what you do and also, you know, the best bits, the challenging bits and sort of just an overview of, um, you studying in medicine. Yeah,
1: I'd love to, Um, I mean, it takes up like majority of my day being uh, on the wards uh, at the moment. So in the way it works at my uni is the, since I'm in my second to last year and my last year, those two years we spend majority of our entire learning happens like literally on board um, in the hospital, like being present with other doctors and more senior staff. That's compared to, you know, preclinical years where you have lectures and majority of your teaching happens using textbooks and other resources. So that's usually how study and learning happens in medicine, those two ways. Um, I'll talk about my experience at the moment. I think it's a lot more fun now that I actually get to apply the things I've you know spent two, three years learning to, to living people and to actually interact with them, see them becoming better over a course of period. Um, I guess the most challenging part of that is you don't really get involved too much. I guess you're just a med student. You, you're supposed to know how to help people, but because you don't have that authority just yet to actually start enacting plans, um, you haven't studied that much. You haven't you know, specialized in a particular field as well. So sometimes feel it's like you're not getting involved in the team as much, um, but yeah, the best part about medicine as well, like, is, is this just amazing to like learn about the human body Anytime any of my like relatives or like friends, anyone has a medical issue, I can appreciate why they've gotten that issue and how like they can get better as well. I think it's just like an amazing superpower to have. Um, Like when you look at a rocket or something, like you know it sort of moves and it orbits the earth or something. But like the actual niche details that are involved in the mechanism behind that, I think it's just very fascinating to, to learn through medicine. Um, I've learned so much about autonomy as well Mm. so autonomy is like you know your decision of your willingness to do something Um, patients have full full autonomy you know they get to say what happens in their treatment Um, certain people don't like getting blood transfusions done for example certain people would rather have like a nice life and maybe end it early rather than have a painful you know longer life duration for example so autonomy i've learned from a lot because i've taken that into my personal life as well and you know having that control of me getting to do and me get having the say in what i want to do and not other people around me maybe gets influenced by what's best for the long term but ultimately having the autonomy in in, in myself has been really um, fun and yeah, a learning point through doing medicine. Um, the challenges also come through like a, a lot of study and a lot of hours of work, <laughs> as you can probably imagine. It's like a uh, for me, it was like a six-year degree, and yeah, there's just a lot of study to do. And sometimes I feel like I don't get time enough to do other things in my life than just medicine. Um, I think that's mostly like the the con pros and cons like <laughs> of, mm-hmm. of medicine because yeah people like doing other things and people some people like making medicine there like their sole priority this gives them fun as well so I, look i like medicine i like doing it as a hobby as well i think that keeps me going just uh knowing that you know people i can get involved in helping people's well-being but then i'm also that sort of person that likes doing other things on the side and yeah, having more fun, (laughs) um, ultimately in my life. But yeah, if people, when you're watching this want to do med, figure out why you want to do it as well. I used to do like coaching for people getting into medicine for like three, four years. Mm -hmm. And the very first lesson we would do is figuring out why they want to do it again. If you don't have enough interest, you're not going to be able to, you know, survive (laughs) for a long period than as, as what you would anticipate. Um, Lastly, I want to dig mm. into patience when
0: doing extracurricular schooling because, you know, like people after high school, they might just call it quits. But what could you give, maybe some advice, maybe some, you know, motivation to the people that want to do better in life, that want to, you know, go to university? They might be a bit scared about debt. Mm. What kind of motivation could you give? Um, so then they can, you know, do university and, you know, create a better life for themselves.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, and this is a very controversial topic usually, right? Because oh, definitely. Uh, recently everyone's like, oh, college debt, don't do it, go start your own thing. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's cool. You can do it if you want. I think university people don't uh, pay as much attention to its benefits as well. Um, if you're studying law, if you're studying and trying to go into a profession that really is beneficial and needed in the society, then university is 100% important. You know, you can't just study law on your own. Um, you, you, need, you need university to facilitate that. You can't do yeah. medicine on your own. So if you're trying to go into a profession that uh, that requires study, that requires um, a lot of debt to then, you know, give you longer returns in the future, I think university is reasonably a reasonable choice for people like that. So you have to decide, like, debt is, I mean, what is debt at the end of the day, if you, if you think about it? If you look, is it a financial word or is it a more philosophical word where you've given energy in exchange for value? And, and yeah. I mean, so, it's all
0: perspective, definitely. Exactly.
1: So <laughs> uh, if you think about it as debt, if you think about it as, sorry, financial debt, again it's it's a it's a perspective thing and you rather look i would encourage people in that sort of setting that you explain to look at it as an investment if you pay like that 30k to get your degree however it costs these days then maybe in the future you 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 do become a lawyer you do start your own law firm in the future and earn heaps through that right Mm. so again if you're trying to do a profession that isn't you know isn't gonna give you a long-term vision, isn't gonna provide you in a uh, position to have scale in the future, then yeah, it's, it's probably not the best choice for you.
0: Um, thank you, Admaj, for, for coming on the podcast. Thank you.
1: Absolutely
0: amazing. Uh, go check out his socials. Uh, I'll link them down below. Yeah,
1: I mean, as you said, uh, if you wanna learn and listen to me more uh, in a more, you know, longer form of dialogue, you can check out my YouTube channel as well, upmar just on the and yeah major the most interactive I am is probably on Instagram and TikTok. Um recently, I've started doing LinkedIn as well. I think this is uh, I want to start building a community of people who are you know professions trying to get into different workplaces, trying to elevate their careers uh, and then have you know specific guided content um, personalized to that group of people as well. So or if you're just someone wants to do uh, improve their confidence, you know, build a better version of yourself, become more extroverted, have more opportunities in life as well, then yeah, come connect with me. And I'd love to say hi back to you guys as well.
0: Thank you, uh, everyone that's been listening to the podcast. Thanks for actually um, listening to the whole thing. If you're listening to me right now
1: (laughs) and we'll see you next time. See you guys. Thank you.